Um, I'm going to be reading in just a moment from Matthew chapter 22, and I am, I'm not going to preach too long, I promise. That means we'll be out of here by at least 2 or 3 p.m. Um, yes, we're talking, we're, you know, we're still in Valentine's season, and in fact, because of, of the wedding today, we ele- I don't think I said a word about Valentine's Day last Sunday. Um, we kind of saved it for today. This is our Valentine celebration. And uh, so um, I, I uh, wanted to share with you. Now, how, how many of you married couples, one of you is a romantic and the other one is not? Okay, so would all the romantics lift up their hand? So in, in our relationship... I'm, uh, I'm not a strong romantic, but I'm much stronger of a romantic than my wife. I guarantee that. Um, and so there's usually one. Now, if both of you are romantics, watch out. Watch out. Well, the, the, the wife in, in uh, this story was a romantic, and so she texted her husband when she was away from him one time. She said, she said, my love, if you, are, if you are sleeping right now, send me your dreams. If you are eating right now, send me a bite of your food. If you are drinking right now, send me a sip. If you are hurting right now, send me your tears. I love you so much. And the husband texted back, please advise, I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I did not make that up myself, I'm not that smart. So I've, I've got another joke I want to read to you, uh, and it has to do not so much with marriage, but with what one thing we're going to talk about, invitations. And so one friend says to the other, dude, me and Nick, we're going to a Giants game, box seats, want to go? Although I should have said Cubs game. Oh, yeah. And so the other friend says, Nick and I. Not Nick and me. It's Nick and I. And the first friend says, that's right, it's Nick and I. You've just been uninvited. Oh, that one hurt. That one hurt. I want to read about a parable that Jesus told. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. Everybody say, invited to the wedding. But they were not willing to come. So again, he sent out other servants saying, 
Tell those who were invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his own business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. He sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, burned up their city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding's ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Invitation to the wedding. Now, some of us are here this morning because we're here every Sunday morning. This is, this is where you're at church. Um, some of you are, have traveled over uh, because of a wedding. Some of you are here because you got an invitation. Um, how many people got an invitation to the wedding, whether Facebook or otherwise? Lift up your hand. All right. So you're here uh, because you received an invitation to the wedding. And, and my three points are simply this this morning. I'm going to tell them all three to you, all three of my points, right up front. Um, And uh, they all have to do with Adam and Priscilla's wedding. My first point is this. There is a wedding. That's a hard point, isn't it? There is a wedding. And my second point is this. There is an invitation to the wedding. And my third point is this. There is a response to the invitation. There is a response to the invitation. So some of you went to your mailbox one day or you you opened up your phone and you saw the invite that Priscilla put together for this wedding, an invitation to the wedding. And you put it on your calendar and uh, she, I think, I think she first put, put it on uh, Facebook about last August sometime, a long time ago. And in fact, she got so excited that she changed her last name on Facebook already to Enlo. And uh, she got real excited about it. And you got that invitation and you put it on your calendar. And um, you have... Uh, You have not, I I know that you're just like Adam and Priscilla, you have not been able to think about anything else uh, from that day that you put it on your calendar to this day, because this is the day of the wedding. And because you said yes to the invitation, that was your response, you said yes to the invitation, here you are, here you are at the wedding. This is awesome. And Jesus is, is talking here, and, and uh, you know, his words, 
His words and the way he tells this story don't seem like the the lovey-dovey picture of Jesus that we always hear about, but some of his words seem harsh. They didn't come to the wedding, but this is the story that Jesus told. He was saying this is what the kingdom of, of heaven is like. There is a king who arranged a wedding for his son. And I want to declare to all of us here today that this thing that we call life, this thing that we call history, that we are living in right now, I want to propose to you this thought that it is, it is not about maybe what you think it's about, that it is all about the anticipation of a wedding that is coming. All of it. This life that we live is going to wind down to a wedding. A wedding. And Jesus knew this, and so he was teaching his people, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It is about a wedding. He, he was asked one day, what's it going to be like? A, a man had a, a wife, and, uh, and, and the, man, the man died. And so the wife married another man, his brother, and the brother died because uh, that was the custom in, in, in Jewish culture. And the brother died, and, the, and, the, uh, and all seven brothers died at the end of the age. Who will she be married to in heaven? Who will she be married to? And Jesus' response was this, none of them. Because in heaven, it's not about being married to one another. It's not about being given in marriage to one another. That's why we say, until death do us part. Uh, But in heaven, it's about something else. It's about our relationship with God. And so, let me just share with you, if, 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 if human people then are not given to marriage, or Jesus said it's not about that when we get to heaven, then what is this wedding all about? What is this wedding ceremony that is coming? How can all of time and all of life be geared up towards a wedding? Because from the very beginning of time, God the Son, his name is Jesus, has been looking for a bride. He has been on the hunt for a bride. If we go all the way back, I'm going to take us all the way back. Uh, some people, some people think the earth is young and think it's six to seven thousand years. Some people think the earth is much older than that. Uh, but I'm going to go all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. And at this point, Adam has, has been the only one created. You can read about the story in Genesis chapter two. And, and God brought all the animals to Adam and had to see what he would name them, and he named all the animals. And uh, But it, then the Bible says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And so the Bible says that God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. It was the first surgery. And he, he put supernatural, uh, what's that stuff? Anesthesia, supernatural anesthesia on Adam, put him to sleep and opened up Adam's side and took out a rib and from that rib fashioned Eve. And when Eve came into Adam, he said, 
Whoa, man. My wife is groaning right now at that joke. <laughs> it is a fact, isn't it? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And God brought Adam and Eve together. He took Eve out of Adam's side. Very interesting. People wonder, well, why did he do that? And I don't know if I have all of the theological answers as to why. But I read this in the story of the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross between two thieves. And they've put nails in his hands and his feet. And he calls out to the Lord, it is finished. And he breathes his last. And the soldiers did something unique. They wanted to see if he was really dead. And they took a spear and they stuck that spear into his side. And the Bible says blood and water flowed. And they put Jesus in a tomb. And I'm preaching the Easter message already this morning. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. When Adam woke up from his anesthesia, I think one of the first things he noticed was, there's a piece missing. My side. And I almost wonder if the, what the Bible calls the second Adam, Jesus, if when he woke up from the dead, and the, the Bible says the Father stretched forth his right hand and raised him from the dead, and when Jesus stood up off of that slab of stone before he even went out of, 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 the, of the, the, the opening that the angels had made as they rolled the stone away, I wonder if Jesus looked at his side, just like Adam. Because it was the blood that Jesus shed that purchased for himself a people from every tongue and from every tribe and from every nation that would make up what was to become in the coming days the church, the living church of, of Jesus Christ. He declared it to Peter. I have come to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we fast forward to Revelation chapter 22. At the end of it all, the Bible says there's going to be a supper. And you know what that supper is called? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Where the, where the groom, Jesus, has been waiting for that moment to be united with his bride, the church. And the two are going to celebrate together. Friends, all of time is coming down to that day. Judgment day is gone. It's over and done with. Those that have believed on Christ are there. 
And the marriage supper of the Lamb begins to take shape. My wife this week made me an apple pie. Hallelujah. I told the U50 group, that's the sexiest thing I've seen all week, that, that piece of apple pie. Hallelujah. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> what did you say? I still got one piece left, brother. I still got one piece left. Oh, thank you, Father. Apple pie is going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Friends, there's a wedding. And there's been an invitation that has gone out for any of you to be there. To be there. As I was talking with Adam, some of the people that they invited could not come. And it wasn't for bad reasons. It wasn't because they didn't want to. It was because they were too far away or there were there were important scheduling conflicts, but they told him, we can't be there, but we're going to be thinking about you. And their excuses, their reasons were good, but they could not say yes to the invitation. And you know, this parable that Jesus told is no different. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like a king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out invitations. And the whole first batch of invitations that were sent out, what, what this is really relating to from a theological standpoint is the Jewish nation. The invitations were sent out to the Jewish nation, but for the most part, they rejected him. And for the most part, they continued to reject him. There are many wonderful Messianic Jewish believers today. But for the most part, the nation of Israel continues to reject him as the Messiah. The invitations went out. But the people said no. And so the next batch of invitations went out. And the next batch of invitations went out. And there came a day... When Peter the Apostle, whom to that point had only preached to Jewish people and the church was born and uh, thousands of people were starting in Jerusalem to come to know the Lord, when the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, Peter, I'm sending you to a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius was not a Jew and Peter did not want to go. You can read about it in Acts chapter 10. And Peter went to Cornelius' house because three times the Lord showed him, Peter, what I have called clean, you do not call unclean. And what, what God was telling Peter is this faith called Christianity, this, this, uh, this uh, opportunity for forgiveness through the cross and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, it is not just for the Jewish nation, but it is for the Gentiles as well. And Peter said yes. 
And he went to Cornelius' house, and as he is preaching the, the message of the gospel, that if you just put your trust in Christ for your salvation, and you just say yes to him, uh, and as Peter is preaching that, before he's even done, the Holy Spirit fell in the room, and Cornelius and all of his family were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they were baptized in water. And then Peter embraced the first Gentile believers, and they came into the kingdom. And the invitation went to Cornelius' house, and him and all his household came to Christ that day. And they found Jesus as their Savior. Do you know what they said yes to? They said yes to the invitation to the wedding. There is a wedding. There is a wedding. And every single person through the cross has an invitation to come. Come to the wedding. Come to the wedding. And some people feel that they're not good enough. Let me tell you some people that Jesus invited personally to the wedding. One is an unnamed woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And the people wanted to stone her. But Jesus diffused the mob, brought them under conviction, and they dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus looked at her and said, Ma'am, where are your accusers? They're not here, Lord. Lord. They're not here, Lord. And Jesus looked at her and said, Neither do I condemn you. You know what Jesus did? He extended this woman caught in adultery an invitation to the wedding and she said yes there was another woman her name was Mary Magdalene she had seven demons living inside of her can you imagine how she acted she wasn't pleasant to be around nobody nobody wanted her they didn't know what to do with her she was embarrassing but Jesus came to Mary Magdalene, and you know what Jesus did? With the word, he drove out all seven demons, and she became normal. And she whom everyone else had rejected, Jesus extended an invitation to the wedding. He looks at those who are destitute. He looks at those that nobody else chooses. And he said, I've chosen you. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 11, 
when those who were weary and heavy laden, what did he say? Come to me, and I'll give you rest. The Holy Spirit invites all who are thirsty, all those who need a drink, to come to the waters. In Isaiah chapter 1, he, he prophesied through Isaiah. He said, come now. You, uh, let, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, And you might look at your life and you might say, I'm a failure. I have not gone the right direction. I've gone the wrong direction my whole life. My sins are like scarlet. Well, listen to what God says to you. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. You know what God is doing? He's looking at fallen, sinful people that have messed up, that think that they're not worthy. Do you know I meet people that say, I can't go to church. I'm not that good. If I walk in the building, they joke. They say, the building will fall down. Do you know that Jesus extends his invitation to you right where you are? You have this magnificent invitation. I give time and a little portion of affection to following the Cubs. Do you know what? I have never once, I've gone to games, I've watched them personally. I don't watch them much on television. Uh, I can only take about 20 minutes of watching it on television, unless it's the postseason. I listen to it on the radio. I follow it. But you know what? I never once got a call from Dansby Swanson saying, hey, I want you to come to my house today. Never once got a call from Jan Gomes, the catcher, saying, hey, I want you to come to my house today. Some of you football fans, any Kansas City Chief fans, three, four, five, six, seven, you celebrated. But has Patrick Mahomes ever called you and said, hey, I want you to come to my house? No. We give ourselves to some pretty crazy things. And we get no invitation. In fact, they want your money. They want you to pay. Friends, the king of kings, with his own shed blood, is extending to you an invitation to be cleansed and washed and to come to have a seat at the table of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's coming. And that's the question. There is a wedding. 
there is an invitation. And the question is this. What will your response be? What will it be? Will you say yes? Will you say, you know what? I'm not done with the trinkets of this world yet. I'd rather play a while longer. I, I know Jesus shed his blood for me. But I'll just do my thing. If you could taste of the goodness of God. <laughs> uh, if you could taste of his plan for your life that is so, oh, much better. If you could taste of his goodness, you would never compare your trinkets with the love that he has for you and the plan that he has for you. If you could just see, you would lay them down in a heartbeat and you would say, that's the pearl. I'm selling it all. I'm going to buy that pearl. I'm going to buy that pearl. I'm going to give myself to that. If you could but see. When I was 13, I went to a camp. And I was expecting to just play sports and make fun of people and go home and be the person that I always was. But I met Jesus at that camp. I realized the invitation for forgiveness. If I come to the cross and just say, Lord, here I am. I, I don't have much, but I give you my life. The gift of salvation that day at that altar in Lakin, Illinois, was extended to me. And I said yes to him. Some of you as teenagers, you gave your life to the Lord, or maybe even as children. Some of you came to Christ later in life. But you received the invitation. And some of you, this morning might be the first time you ever heard, I'm invited to the wedding. Yes, you are. And it's simple. But it's difficult laying my life down for the king, saying, here I am. I belong to you. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, the invitation to Adam and Priscilla's wedding, we said yes to, and we're so glad we did. This morning, I pray that you would just cause each one of us to say yes to you, to your invitation, to your wedding. God, there's, there's so much that's going to happen. There's so much turmoil in the earth even now. It's end time turmoil. There's going to come a day when you return. There's going to come a day when you judge the living and the dead. All of that is going to happen. But then there's going to come a wedding.
And I pray, God, that there would not be anybody in this room that misses that day. There would not be anybody in this room that rejects the invitation that you have so wonderfully and lovingly brought this morning. And I'm asking God that you'd give courage to people because you're stirring in hearts even now. And you're stirring in hearts not because you're a, not because you're a mean God, but because you love people. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. And I'm asking this morning that as this opportunity is here, that there would be those that simply say yes. And every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this moment. And you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I, I'm, I, mean, I, I see the invitation is before me. I've never said yes to Jesus before, and I don't even understand it all. But there's something stirring in my heart. And I want to be there on that day. And I want to receive the forgiveness that Jesus extended to me at the cross. And I want to say yes to the invitation. If that's you, I just, I just want you to lift your hand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? If, if, if the Lord is wrestling in your heart, just I just encourage you, just yield and say yes to God. Anybody else? For the sake of these three, I want us to pray right now. And I'm going to lead out in a prayer. It's not the prayer necessarily that, that saves you like magical words. But as you pray these things from your heart, and you confess Jesus with your mouth, salvation comes to your house. And so we're all going to pray this together. And I'd like you that raised your hand to just uh, pray this from your heart this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus... I thank you for your love for me. You did not leave me alone. You came to where I was and you extended to me an invitation to the wedding. I come to the cross. I don't have a lot to give, but I give you my life. I yield my heart to you. I turn away from my sin and I turn to you and I ask you to wash me and I ask you to cleanse me and do a work in my heart. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. I receive you into my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we give praise to the Lord this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.